In this episode, I share my thoughts on the growing fake Amazon review problem. Hello and welcome to the Private Labeler Show, where we are dedicated to helping you take your Amazon business to the next level. Now, here is your host, Nick Landowski. Hey, hey, everybody, what's happening? Welcome to episode number 88 of the Private Labeler Show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm really grateful for each and every one of you guys. Uh, you are awesome, and hopefully you're having a great day. And uh, hopefully you're getting ready for Q4, guys. It's right on our doorstep here. All the madness is about to uh, jump off very shortly as we dive into, what, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that good stuff coming up very fast. Hopefully you have been putting together your battle plans to execute. Hopefully you got enough inventory on the way. And uh, hopefully, uh, again, you have those plans ready to just dominate and make a bunch of money uh, closing out 2017 into 2018. Uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of traffic, so you might as well take advantage of each and every customer that you can. And again, make that money. That's why we're all here, guys. So um, let's just dive right in. So in today's episode, I want to do a couple of things. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I want to just kind of give you my thoughts on this madness that everybody's kind of seeing with uh, the fake reviews and things like that. Just kind of want to share my thoughts. Nothing too crazy. But uh, I want to dive into actually answering two different um, listener questions, one from the Facebook group and one from the voicemail line. So I'm going to share my thoughts on those, answer those questions to the best of my ability. And uh, yeah, hopefully give you guys a little bit of value. So if that's cool, let's uh, let's dive right in. So let's talk for a quick moment about the growing problem of fake Amazon reviews and kind of what you need to know. And I just want to share my general opinions on this without kind of going off too much into too much of a tangent. But no doubt you've noticed this by now over the span of the past few months. Seems to be like a growing problem um, that Amazon is having with sellers overnight seemingly coming to the to the game essentially with like hundreds and hundreds of uh, fake five-star reviews just like that you know this isn't just like a random seller here and there this is like wildfire all over the platform right now and uh, normally the advice I give is just to focus on your own business you know kind of put the tunnel vision on I, I don't really spend a whole lot of time worrying about what others are doing I kind of focus on my own business and that's where my mental energy needs to be and uh, the reason how I kind of even noticed this over the maybe past few weeks was that I was looking for some new product opportunities. And uh, I actually noticed as I was tracking some new ideas and tracking what some of the competitors were doing, like I started to see these huge influxes of uh, new sellers overnight coming to the game with all these fake five-star reviews, just like that. No other reviews other than like hundreds of five-star reviews. And I started to notice this as a trend and I kind of just would go, wow, like what's up with this? And um, rather than ignore it this time around, I just kind of dove in and I thought, okay, well, I'll kind of see how they're doing this. Maybe pay a little bit of attention to it. Not that I wanted to do that, but I just wanted to know for my own knowing. Um, and I think the reason why I wanted to cover this too is I think there's a lot of new sellers out there that uh, would come into this game and not having launched a product before, start to see some of these tactics being used and they would think that, oh, this is okay. Other sellers are doing it, seemingly getting away with it maybe I'll do it too. Okay. So I just wanted to kind of do this as a warning to some of these new sellers that don't really know any better that uh, you could essentially be setting yourself up for termination and, and uh, problems with Amazon. If you do some of these black hat um, techniques that are being done right now in droves on Amazon. So if you're not familiar, I won't get into all the details, but um, what a lot of sellers are doing, and I notice this a lot with Chinese sellers mainly, 
because uh, you can tell by the listings. But you know, I, I think this is spreading to just more than that, though. What they're essentially doing is they're utilizing one tactic as like Facebook review groups, which I didn't even know still existed, but I guess they're out there. So I actually dropped into one of them the other day. And I noticed that a lot of sellers, what they're doing is they're putting their products up there and they're saying, hey, um, if you buy this product, we will refund you via PayPal. And only thing that we ask is that you leave a five-star review. So they're uh, obviously violating terms of service with that, which is a big no-no. So if you're new to the game, you can't do that. You see other sellers doing it, do not do that, okay? But that's how a lot of these sellers are just loading up on crazy amounts of reviews right off the bat. That's one of the techniques. Another technique, I won't get too much into it, but essentially what they're doing is uh, they have like a placeholder product or ASIN that has, um, let's say, hundreds of generic reviews that would apply towards any product. And they have it just as a placeholder uh, listing on Amazon. And when they want to launch a brand new product, a legit product, what they do then is they merge those uh, listings and that brand new product even though it didn't even sell a single maybe item, uh, they can merge and sync all those reviews over to the new one from that original uh, generic listing. So that's definitely black hat. It's just kind of like a, a little kink in Amazon system. That used to be a technique that was used quite a bit in my Kindle days. Um, you know, to my knowledge, that's you know not cool, not good, but you know it's definitely black hat. And if Amazon ever wanted to crack down on that, they definitely could. So those are like the two methods I see, and I know that there's more. But uh, that's how sellers are essentially getting all these bogus reviews overnight on products, which essentially is giving them tons of social proof immediately so they don't have to go through the process of building reviews and all this and that. They can just kind of be off to the races and start selling. And um, when you're a new seller, you see those tactics being used by others over and over and over again, and you start to go again, well, maybe I should do that because if they're getting away with it, why can't I? Well, here's the deal. Um, just what may seem okay to do today, all of a sudden, maybe months down the road, Amazon might crack down on that and go, okay, we've been tracking this and guess what? All of your reviews are going to get wiped away or you're going to get terminated or whatever it may be. So it's not worth it, uh, in my opinion. Um, all those people using those black hat methods, those shortcuts techniques, if you will, uh, for reviews and things like that, in my opinion, sooner or later, they're going to have to answer for that. Now, if they're getting away with it now, great. They might be making a bunch of money from the product, but if they're willing to cut those types of shortcuts in their business, then chances are they're willing to kind of break the rules and bend a lot of other things as well because they're getting away with it. And it's going to sooner or later, like anything, catch up with them. Okay. So my advice, don't do it. Do not be tempted to cut any shortcuts when it comes to getting these reviews using any of those techniques I described or anything else. If it feels wrong, it probably is. Obviously the terms of service, um, Amazon, doesn't always enforce 100%. It's a lot of times it's a gray area. It's the jungle. But that's kind of what's been going on. Again, do not become uh, one of those people that falls for that. So I think a lot of those sellers uh, over time are just going to be knocked off the platform eventually. Um, if you guys have been around long enough, you know that Amazon had a huge problem in their in the public setting, in the public arena last year with their review system. It was kind of out in the blogosphere, if you will, and in the, even in the media about their review system being bogus and everybody knew it was manipulated and that created a lot of public distrust in that system that they built up and in their brand so amazon threw the hammer down on incentivized reviews as you guys know i think it was like last october so uh they closed that loophole 
And then usually what happens in this world is once one loophole closes, another is exploited somewhere. And this is just an ever-changing game of closing loopholes and opening them in different ways. So um, just wanted to cover that. Again, don't pay too much attention to what others are doing. If it looks wrong and feels wrong, it probably is. Just don't get caught uh, doing some of these BS uh, review techniques. Do it the right way, and you generally won't have any problems, okay? In fact, I think even one of those review groups, what I'd seen was um, a lot of those accounts in there, those buyers, you know, they might be legitimate, you know, uh, buyers with regular Amazon accounts that are kind of getting these deals, if you will. I see a lot of times when they post, they'll say, oh, Amazon actually shut down their buyer's account, wiped out all the reviews that they left on all these different products and things like that. So Amazon eventually will purge that stuff. So some of these uh, reviewers might, or some of these products with all these fake reviews on them, you know, you might see that today and all of a sudden all those reviews get wiped eventually. So you just wasted a bunch of time and money and effort. So that's just kind of what I'm seeing. So uh, I just wanted to cover that, maybe a little long-winded, but I thought it was, like I said, very valid just to kind of, uh, you know, throw the conversation out there. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, join in the Facebook group. I'm very curious to see maybe what you want to say or what your opinions are on that. So that's just, uh, that's it, and we can kind of move forward then. So um, what I want to do now is actually just talk and uh, cover the listener questions that uh, you guys had. So let's get to the first question here. And this question comes from Mike from the Facebook group. So if you guys aren't a member of the Facebook group yet, make sure you get joined up at privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. Get joined up in there. And the reason why I chose this question is because it goes really well with what we were just talking about. So it goes hand in hand. And I know it's a common question that I see quite often. Okay. Um, the question comes from Mike. And, it, and it, here's the question. It says, Nick, can you please let me know your strategy to get reviews for new products? I have a large email list. I have sales backer for the emails, etc., but compete in categories where there are lots of unscrupulous, unverified reviews. I want to always stay within terms of service, so I'd be interested in your thoughts. So thanks for the question, Mike. Um, I know I did already answer that question in the Facebook group, but I wanted to kind of elaborate maybe a little bit more on it and maybe explain things a little bit better so that you and others could uh, hear some other ideas on that. So Again, it goes really well with what we just talked about. So the first thing you got to know is just avoid those Facebook review groups or anything that I just mentioned prior. Uh, you're going to get burned on that if you use those black hat techniques to get reviews and all that good stuff, as I just mentioned. So, Mike, uh, you want to know how I did it. Well, I kind of, you know, explained this a lot of times before, but I want to point something out. I use kind of what you have there. You have an email list. You say it's a large email list. Hopefully it's a targeted email list. Maybe it's a buyer's list. I don't know. But if you have an audience like I do, that's what I use to, to gain traction with reviews. So you said you're using SalesBacker. Uh, that's great. So you have a feedback system to kind of ask for the, for the reviews at a certain stage. You know, however you have that set up, everybody's a little bit different. Um, that's basically what I have. And here's something else to note. Um, I don't use friends or family to get reviews or do anything like that. And in fact, I think there's terms of service language on that as well. But Really, when I launch a product, um, my goal is just to get a quick base of 10, 15, 20 reviews so I can start to build some traction, build some sales velocity, and to really kind of just, you know, get things going. So I want to push a ton of traffic. I want to push, you know, as much traffic as I possibly can just to get sales velocity. But uh, while I'm doing that, I have, um, I rely heavily on my own audience and my own email list, okay? So I have essentially um, two different email lists. Like I have a interested kind of niche targeted email list of people that would be interested in my products. And then I have a buyer's list, a, a big list of people that have actually purchased from me before. Okay. 
Um, that's through using things like insert cards uh, to lead them to a lead page. I use lead pages and then I use Aweber to collect those email addresses. And I get them on my email list, okay? And then obviously I can do a lot of cool things with that email list. It's a huge advantage. I've done a lot of content on this, but you definitely need to utilize that to your advantage to get you reviews, okay? That's what you're inquiring about. That's the asset that you want to use. So how I do that, and this is stuff I mentioned before, is let's say I'm launching a new product or I just want to you know, push some additional sales to the product and get some additional reviews. I can uh, maybe offer some sort of a discount to my list, maybe X percent, whatever it is. And what I have kind of set up and what I have my list trained to do is to leave those reviews for me virtually automatically, okay? So I got a new product, send out that email to them, say, hey, hey guys, you're the first to get this deal or whatever on this new product. We're really excited about it. Here's the link to the product. Please buy it if it interests you. And then what happens then is they're going to buy it, right? Because they, they're interested in the products. And um, what I do then a short while later is I'll, I'll send out uh, communications to them through email, through my own email channels. This is outside of Amazon. And I'll just simply ask them to leave a review if they like the product, right? To kind of basic language there. I use things like, hey, you know, we're, we're a small family business. It would really mean a lot if you could help us out and leave a review. I don't ever tell them to leave a five-star review. You know, I don't, even though that's my own ecosystem and I could kind of technically at that point, it's not really breaking any rules. I just kind of say, hey, if you liked it, here's, here's a link, you know, help us out. It would really mean a lot if you could just share your uh, review. And um, you do that enough times and you're, if you launch enough products, your email list will start to work for you without you even asking them. They'll start to do things like that automatically for you. So now... If I launch a product, and this could be the same for you, Mike, um, you launch a product to your email list, then they might just automatically do it for you. And then sometimes they'll even share share the link like without even asking, and that's really cool. They'll say, hey, check out my review I left you guys, you know, and you see that over and over and over again. And then you can get, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 reviews pretty much instantaneously within a matter of a week um, just by having that asset of the email list. So that's kind of how I get reviews initially. Okay. That's really it in a nutshell. Um, and then, you know, the other things that I do is that I have those follow-up sequences like you have, like you said, you have sales back or I, I used to use sales back or use cash cow now. Um, I've used that for a while, but yeah, just asking for it through the, uh, follow-up sequences that way you'll get additional reviews. That's kind of common sense. Um, Sounds like you're doing that. But yeah, that, that's really about it. And then here's the other part of the equation, though. I want to push as many sales as I can, push as much traffic as I can. So I turn on PPC like crazy, right? Flood it as best as I can. Um, and I use, you know, you can use like different blast or launch services because what I really want to do is I just want to feed sales and velocity. And if, if I can build up my own base of reviews as I just did, um, it's going to have higher conversion rates and the more sales it's going to get, the more organic reviews it's going to get and things like that. And it's just going to be a big snowball effect. So my next steps, I guess you could say to getting more reviews, this is to sell more product, right? And I can do that through, um, you know, like a service like jump send as an example. So if you use that, um, you know, you're going to push a few additional units out a week, uh, depending upon your product and, um, those types of customers that use jump send, typically are going to be a little bit more prone to leaving you reviews. So you can kind of piggyback with that and get additional reviews to kind of get you, you know, closer towards 50 plus reviews then. Um, and then what I'm a big fan of, as you guys know, you've been following the podcast for a little while. I've been using as part of my launch strategy almost exclusively. Now I've been using viral launch, a lot of conversation about that, but in the community people loving it, 
Um, but yeah, that's just part of my strategy then because I know that if I give away, as an example, 100 units through Viral Launch, right, over the span of, let's say, five days, 20 a day, something like that, um, then I can pretty much bank on if I have a decent product, I might get like five, six, seven, eight percent of those sales of those customers to leave reviews, right? Organically or just because I'm using the, the follow-up sequences, things like that. So that's what I kind of do to, to jump it out there, right? To kind of get me going so I can use my initial audience, my initial list to get the, the, the small base, 15, 20 reviews, and then push more on top of that with just organic sales, traffic, sales velocity, jump send, a viral launch, things like that. And all this kind of snowballs, right? It all just snowballs. The reviews start piling up and piling up and piling up. And then your conversion rate starts to go up and then you sell more. And it's just one big snowball effect. So if you guys want to use viral launch as well, I might have mentioned this before, but you can get 50 bucks off a launch. If you use my, my link and code, uh, go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash viral. And uh, if you go into the show notes of this episode, or if you go on my resources page or in the description, however you're consuming this, I'll put my code there and you can use that for 50 bucks off the launch. So that will help you obviously gain Keyword traction, organic sales, reviews. It's all part of the process. It's all part of the system, if you will. So, Mike, you're right on track, man. You have that huge advantage with that email list, and uh, you're already using the sales backer, so you're right there, man. Just just lean on that email list a little bit more, and um, it'll get you rocking and rolling to get you uh, the reviews that you need. And that's all you should really need to do, really. So moving along, the question number two comes from Chase from the voicemail line. So if you guys want to leave a voicemail question, you can go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash ask. And uh, here is Chase's question. Thanks, Nick. Uh, I have two questions. Uh, question number one, do you use customer email addresses in any other way than what was mentioned in the Lion Cow episode? And secondly, when you run out of inventory, do you manually inactivate the listing? Or do you just let the inventory levels uh, run at zero until stock comes back in? Thanks again for the questions, Chase. I'll do my best to answer the first one. I, I don't know exactly 100% what you're asking for or what angle you're going at. I know you were talking about uh, what do I do? What else do I do with the customer email addresses from Lion Cow from that episode? Uh, Amazon doesn't actually give us the customer email addresses, like the legit customer email address. They only give us, uh, along with the order information, they give us like that coded Amazon one. That's it. Um, so in reference to that episode, if I see, as an example, if I see like a one-star review pops up, I'll use Lion Cow and I'll get the order information. And obviously that gives me the customer information. Um, and I'll send them obviously the replacement. I'll send them a personalized letter, things like that. But the only thing maybe I didn't mention, Chase, that uh, I'll do is uh, from time to time, I'll actually send them like a, in, the, in Amazon's messaging system from there, I can send them a personal message through, through their ecosystem. Um, I'll send them a message uh, from time to time as well, just to, another way uh, to communicate with them, just to apologize or whatever, um, things like that to, you know, talk to them about, you know, product issues or whatever it might be. And uh, the only problem with doing that, though, is a lot of times those messages aren't going to get through to that customer. I mean, they're just not going to see it or it's blocked because they're unsubscribed, things like that. So you just have to be cautious on that. So that's the only thing maybe I didn't mention. But other than that, no, I mean, there's nothing else that I do beyond that that's necessary, I found. So um, hopefully that helps answer your question. If not, I apologize. I, like I said, I wasn't 100% certain exactly what you were asking. Uh, the second question, though, I can definitely answer, though. You inquired about when I run out of stock. What do I do? Do I you know, like kind of close the listing up or do I just let it roll out and don't do anything? And 
Um, here's my answer to that. I have 100% of the time just let it run out of stock if I'm going to be out of stock. I don't close the listing down. I don't mess with any of that stuff. I just let it out, and then when I get stock back in, I'm stocked back in. I just let Amazon handle it. I don't touch it. I don't worry about it. Um, I do know that people swear by closing the listing down for whatever reason. They say you bounce back faster or whatever. Um, I just don't think it's necessary, to be honest. Whether that's true or not, who really knows? Um, unless you've you know played with it both ways yourself, which, like I said, I haven't. I just run out, and it is what it is. So my only problem with if you wanted to close it down, to my knowledge, uh, your product wouldn't be available for customers to leave reviews on once you run out of stock and that listing is closed down. So that to me would be a problem. So you could be missing out on valuable reviews by closing that listing down while you're waiting for that new stock to come in. So to me, I just leave it inactive. People can still access the the listing or whatever. No big deal. Reviews can still roll in. And um, from my knowledge, like I ran out of stock, unfortunately, a lot of times on a lot of different items for various reasons. But um, you know, usually if you're going to be only out of stock for a handful of days, maybe less than a week, you'll bounce back once you get back in stock. You'll bounce back right away. Like you'll bounce back within a day or two max where things will just be off and running like normal, so no problems. But the longer it gets delayed out, the longer, you know, let's say you're going to be out of stock a month, it's just going to take longer to get back to where you're at. And I have never had it happen so far where... um you know, being out of stock even a long time where I haven't been able to bounce back to normal selling levels before I ran out of stock. It's just never happened where I was unable to recover. It just takes longer. You just So if I'm going to be out of stock, as an example, like a month or a month and a half, let's say there's production issues or fill in the blank, there's always problems. Um, you know, if I, I, I might want to just then consider doing some sort of a giveaway or push or whatever. And in the matter of days, I'll be back, back and rolling again, no problems. So I just don't think it's even worth the mental energy to have to remember to do things like that, to close listings down and stuff like that and deal with all the problems that could happen with that. Again, just don't even worry about it. So hopefully it answers your question. I like to think that I got enough experience with running out of stock to know that it's, it shouldn't concern you uh, to get back to, to normal selling levels. So uh, thanks for the questions, Chase. I appreciate it. Guys, if you've got questions, obviously fire away in privatelabelershow.com forward slash ask if you want to leave that voice question. Uh, again, I'd love to see you in the Facebook group firing away at privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. That about does it. Uh, I'm going to leave it there, guys, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Have a great day.